You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 91. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey everyone, this is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast, always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information and strategies that you can put into play right away. Today we're going to go ahead and get started with the Eagle's Eye on Health, and our topic today came out in an article just the other day about regular excess drinking can actually take years off your life. That's according to what this new study says. So regularly drinking above the UK alcohol guidelines, and I'll talk to you about what those UK guidelines are, can take years off your life according to a major report. The study of 600,000 drinkers estimated that having 10 to 15 alcoholic drinks every week could shorten a person's life between one and two years. I mean, that's a lot. So that's 10 to 15 drinks every week. So we're talking anywhere from one to two drinks a day or a night. So if you're that wine drinker and you know you sort of pour a glass or two every night, then this could potentially be you shortening your life by one to two years. Now they warn people that They warned that people who drink more than 18 drinks a week could lose four to five years of their lives. I mean, I think that's truly significant, four to five years, because you felt like you needed a cocktail, actually more than one cocktail, every single day. And it's something that you really want to start thinking about. And I know with my clients, I limit alcohol intake all through the week, and they can maybe have one or two drinks on the weekend. And that's for weight loss reasons, but also for health reasons. And this definitely indicates that that is helping my clients live a much longer life, right? So scientists who compared the health and drinking habits of alcohol drinkers in 19 countries modeled how much life a person could expect to lose if they drank the same way for the rest of their lives from the age of 40. They found that people who drank the equivalent of about five to 10 drinks a week could shorten their lives by up to six months. And the study's author also found that drinking increased the risk of cardiovascular illness. With every 12.5 units of alcohol people drank above the guidelines, raising the risk of stroke by 14%, fatal hypertensive disease by 24%, heart failure by 9%, and fatal aortic aneurysm by 15%. And that's a lot. I mean, those are things that you definitely don't want to increase your risk of, right? So it's something you definitely need to keep an eye on. And yes, they said there are certain studies who've shown like, you know, red wine can be good for you, or it actually can decrease the fatal heart attack amount that people can have if you drink X amount. But in this study, they're saying all these other things that can happen far outweigh that. So you're still better off limiting the alcohol intake. Now, recommended alcohol limits in Italy, 
Portugal, and Spain are almost 50% higher than these UK guidelines. So these are all UK guidelines that we're talking about. And in Portugal and Italy and Spain, it's 50% higher. And what do you think it is for the United States of America? If you had to guess, do you think we drink less than the UK guideline or more? Well, probably you guessed right. In the USA, the upper limit for men is nearly double the amount of the UK guidelines. So we really have to get conscious. We really have to ask yourself, why are you grabbing so many cocktails? Do you really need them? Is it because of stress? You know, is it because you love it? Whatever the case may be, it's not benefiting your health. So what can we do to actually limit it, all right? Now they say that the key message of this research is that if you already drink alcohol, drinking less may help you live longer and lower your risk of several cardiovascular conditions. So that's just me giving you the eagle's eye on health, telling you, Maybe you could minimize how much you're drinking a week just knowing like, yeah, two drinks every day could actually be shortening your life. And so you have to ask yourself if it's worth it. And I know some of you right now are like, yes, it's worth it because I need my wine, (laughs) but it might not be. There you go. All right. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that kind of breaks my heart that we have to have this discussion once again. But a brand new Consumer Reports article came out just last month in March of 2018. And guess what the topic of the Consumer Reports report was? Popular protein supplements found to have arsenic in them and lead in them. So you might remember that I did a podcast episode already on protein powder Well, this is a whole new report that's recently been done about popular powders and drinks and whether they're actually even necessary for people and what you should know they found in these protein powders. Now, some of you who listen to my podcast might take protein powder. Some of you might be like, well, why do people even take all this protein powder? Most people do it for weight loss. They do it for muscle building. Some people also do it because it's simply a convenient, quick meal on the go. So they sort of throw that protein powder in the blender, add a bunch of stuff, and that can literally equal the calories of an entire meal, depending on what you put in it. So that is why most people are taking the protein powder, not to mention they just need to get more protein. My clients understand they need a certain amount of protein each day. That's something I work with them all on to make sure that they have balanced nutrient intake. I want to make sure their carbs that are a certain percent and their protein is in their fat. And some people definitely struggle to get enough protein in. And they usually ask what protein powder they can add. And I generally tell them, I do not advise that you go to a protein powder. And we talk about all the different food choices you can use to increase your protein levels. Well, according to the Consumer Reports article that I just read, a new study has recently shown that many of the top selling powders and drinks may contain concerning levels of heavy metals such as arsenic, cadmium, mercury, lead, and toxins like BPA, which is a chemical found in some of the plastic containers and the food can liners. So I bet you're wondering, well, 
hopefully it's not the protein powders that were in the last consumer reports, you know, back in 2010. Hopefully it's different protein powders, right? Because I would hope that anybody who was in the last consumer report protein powder article who was shown to have these heavy metals or lead in their protein powder, I would hope that they would not show up on this list today because they did everything they could to clean up their product. So that is something you're about to find out. Now, the new study that was just done is from the Clean Label Project, which is a nonprofit organization that examines labeling safety issues. And they found that virtually all of the 134 products that they tested, all of them, contain detectable levels of at least one heavy metal and 55% tested positive for BPA. These toxins will accumulate in your body and they can actually stay there for years. That's what the test program leader of the Consumer Reports food article said. They can stay in your body for years and frequent consumption of foods that contain them can have adverse effects on your health, obviously, over a long run period. Now, this is not the first research that has shown high contaminant levels in these products because, right, I just did this podcast probably a full year ago, but maybe a little longer, actually. But it was in that 2010 Consumer Reports study where they detected arsenic, cadmium, lead, and mercury in samples of all the 15 powders that they tested. Now, if you missed that episode, you probably should go back to it. It was one of my early episodes, number 28. So you might want to go back to that and get a little more understanding of what they did in 2010 labs and reports that they found that in 15 of the powders. So 15 is different than what they just tested, which is 134 products, right? It's kind of eye-opening and I think it's upsetting. Now, what did the new study show? The Clean Label Project measured the levels of the heavy metals, the BPA, pesticides, and other contaminants which is more than 150 in all, in the protein powders and the drinks. The contaminant levels were measured in a single serving of the product. So those amounts did vary. So the lab used the serving size listed on the actual product's label. So for example, if it was one serving equals two rounded scoops, that's what they were using. But I wanna point out that most people actually take in more than one serving of their protein powder. And sometimes they do it more than once a day, meaning they have two or three shakes a day to get their protein levels higher. And that is one hard rule I have with my clients. If you are going to use a protein powder or even a protein bar, it's one serving of that protein powder per day max but most people don't do that, just so you know. So when they're looking at these contaminant levels, they're talking about one serving, but what is the majority of the clientele actually taking in? It's probably potentially more than one serving. Now, overall, the products made from sources of the plant protein. So for example, the soy or the hemp protein powders that you've probably seen, guess what? 
For all of you plant-based eaters out there who think you're doing yourself a huge health service by going towards the soy and the hemp protein powder, sadly, those were the worst. They were the worst than any of the protein powders. So more than the whey, which is them in the milk, more than egg protein powders, containing on average twice as much lead and measurably higher amounts of other contaminants. contaminants. Now, the neuroscientist and the director of operations who did this uh, this lab and did the the exam, you know, the the exams for all of these, they or he actually thinks the plant-based proteins may have higher contamination levels because the plants are more prone to absorbing heavy metals within the soil. So it's a bummer, but that's the reality. So you want to be really careful if you're that person right now and you're going to look at your protein powder and see what is the base ingredient for the protein. Is it a plant-based protein powder? It is likely to have the highest level of contamination. Now, the whey and egg proteins may have lower levels of the heavy metals because the source of that contamination would likely be what they feed the animals. And they suspect that the animal's digestive system diffuses some of those toxins. So the whey and the egg protein powders are showing up with less heavy metals than the plant-based, and that's probably why. Now, also very important for you to know, if you're buying a product that says organic on the label, that does not reduce the chance that it is contaminated with these heavy metals and the lead, etc. The organic part, unfortunately, doesn't, doesn't exclude you. And it showed in these tests that it did not exclude at all with the levels of heavy metals. And sadly but true, a lot of the organic brands are the plant-based brands. And that is why they suspect the organic ones tended to have a lot of the, the heavy metals as well. Now, you probably want to know, so which protein powders came out the worst and which came out the best in terms of how much contamination they have? In its analysis, the Clean Label Project assigned each product a score for four different elements. So they had heavy metals as one, pesticides, contaminants like BPA, and then nutrition. And then it calculated an overall score and the heavy metal levels accounted for 60% of the overall score because their effects have been shown in studies to pose greater harm to health. Now the five products that received the poorest overall scores in the test, and again, this comes right from the Consumer Reports article, so I have not added anything. This entire podcast today is coming from this Consumer Reports article. And here are your five poorest protein powders that you could have. One is called Nature's Best, and it was uh, called Isopure Creamy Vanilla Zero Carb. I've never even heard of it. But I stopped eating supplements so long ago that it would. it's not unusual that I don't know what the new protein powders are out there. The next one would be Quest, and I do see people eating Quest protein powder. The Quest chocolate milkshake protein powder was also on the five poorest overall scores. Then there's one called 360 Cut, 
Performance Supplements 360 Pro Whey Chocolate Silk Premium Whey Protein Powder. That one did not score well. And then one that a lot of you out there take, because I see it, Vega, or Vega, however you want to pronounce it, V-E-G-A, Sport Plant-Based Vanilla Performance Protein. Again, it's plant-based, so it's not surprising that it is on the poor overall score list. And then the fifth one, which brings me the ultimate and greatest sadness to disclose, because this is a company that in when the 2010 uh, consumer reports came out and gave a list of the 15 that had the high metals and lead. This company said by 2015, I think that was the time, uh, year they said, we promise to have this cleaned up and it will not be a part of our product again. Well, we are in year 2018 and I'm sad to tell you that the Garden of Life, which is organic, the organic shake and meal replacement chocolate cacao raw organic meal powder was on the list once again. So Consumer Reports asked each of these five to comment on the study. And what do you think? Nobody got back to them except the Garden of Life responded. And their response was, we decline to comment. That is so unacceptable in my book. And I think that Whole Foods needs to take Garden of Life off the shelf ASAP because of their response, because they promised to fix this, and because they are on the top five worst in the test. So there's my personal opinion. Okay, I'll get off my rant, but it really bummed me out. It bummed me out because if you listen to my first episode that I talked about that I did a long time ago about protein powders, I was eating Garden of Life. And this is when I went supplement free because I was so upset that I was taking in a protein powder that was organic and it was plant-based and I was ingesting it every single day because I used it as my post-workout recovery. And I was like, how can I be so healthy? I eat so clean. I do everything I can to be a healthy, long-living person. And it's my protein powder, my organic plant-based protein powder that's going to take me out because of ingesting heavy metals every single day of my life. So I was so mad that that is when I went supplement-free. I do not ingest any protein powders anymore. I barely take a vitamin because I am so against the whole how supplements are regulated and whatnot. So that is why I'm so angry that Garden of Life is still on the worst list. Now let's talk about the positive. What Consumer Reports also did the five products that got the best overall scores. So what were they? One is called Pure Protein Vanilla Cream, 100% Whey. One is called Performix Pro Whey Saber Vanilla Protein with Amino Beads. One is called Body Fortress Super Advanced Vanilla 100% Whey Protein. One is called Biochem Vanilla 100% Whey Protein. And one is called, and I can't even pronounce it, Puori? P-U-O-R-I. And they call it the PW1 Vanilla Pure Whey Protein. So a couple interesting things about this. Um, 
The fact that the higher scoring products are made with whey obviously makes sense because we're starting to see that the plant-based protein powders are the ones with the highest toxic levels and we think it's because of the soil. So it, it makes sense that all of these showed up much better because they're all whey protein powder. But another interesting thing, if you noticed when I, when I said these, almost all of these are vanilla flavor. So that's kind of curious and kind of interesting. Almost all of those were vanilla and that could be a coincidence, but one theory that they had about this was that the cacao plants used to make the chocolate in the flavored supplements are more susceptible to absorbing a heavy metal. So they think that's possible. So I guess when in doubt, opt for vanilla <laughs> because that seems to be doing better. Now, those doing the study say it would be very difficult to create a system where protein powders contained absolutely no trace of any heavy metals. Uh, given this goal, they say you have to measure how each project stacks up against the others. And when you have a protein supplement that is very, very clean, that just proves to these other companies who did not show up well on these tests that it can be done. They can do a better job. So there are some protein powders that were much, much cleaner in terms of these heavy metals and leads than others. So that just goes to show something can be done about it. Now, do you really need protein powder? You know, given the number of protein powders and drinks on the shelves, which is overwhelming in itself. I don't know if you've ever been like to the store and looked at how many are out there. I know you have because then you all email me and ask me which one you should take. But um, it's really just become this whole industry where they will say anything about their product to get you to take it. But do you really need it? No. Um, the vast majority of people get plenty of protein from the food they actually eat. So protein products typically contain 15 and 25 grams of protein per serving. That's like, so these protein powders, typically what you see, 15 to 25 grams of protein per serving. Well, just in comparison, a five ounce container of, you know what I'm gonna say, of plain non-fat Greek yogurt has about 17 grams of protein. Uh, the, the Greek yogurt that I get from Costco, they have an organic Greek yogurt by Kirk, I believe it's Kirkland, has 19 grams of protein in it in a serving. I mean, that's more than most of the protein powder servings out there. 3.5 ounces of chicken breast has 31 grams of protein. And protein needs range anywhere from 0.4 to 0.6 grams of protein per pound of weight a day. So the protein thing, I mean, how much you should take, that's a whole other different issue. You know, what should your percent be? I always start my clients at 1%, but then it changes for them depending if they're an athlete, depending if they're trying to lose weight. There's so many different factors on how much protein you can take or need to take in. But I can tell you that I do it daily and I do not use a protein powder supplement. I use real food, all right? So it's really not a difficult amount that you need to get in your diet. 
So if you can include as natural of sources of protein possible, that is always going to be the best option. So you can eat things like the legumes and the nuts and the low fat dairy, fish, lean meats, all of those things are probably gonna get you to the protein level that you need to be at. So even though some protein supplements have lower contaminant levels than others, you probably still don't need to take them and risk the contamination. I just don't think it's worth it. Like who knows what the study's gonna be in five more years when they start seeing an increased risk of X, who knows what all these heavy metals are actually doing to our bodies. And we're gonna look back and say, oh, I'm really glad I took all that protein powder and that's what actually is going to kill me. God forbid, right? So additionally, as you should know from podcast episode number 86 that I did, supplements in general, they are very loosely regulated. And that is part of the problem. And that is why there's all these contaminants on in products that are on a shelf that you can buy. So please check out my supplement episode number 86, because that's gonna talk to you about why you should be avoiding supplements in general, because they're really not regulated. So check out that episode. Always, always, you should consult your physician before taking any protein or any dietary supplement as well. Because if you are potentially on any medications, if you have any health risks, if you have diabetes, or could be anything, it is even more possible that the doctor would not want you taking any supplements at all. Sometimes things could interfere with medications or just potentially with whatever your symptoms or problem might have originally been. So always definitely talk to a doctor before you take anything. But that's why I always go back to just eat real food because we don't really have to ask our doctor for permission to do that one. And anytime you have to eat something or do something where you have to ask a doctor if this will be okay for you, maybe it's concerning, right? So always opt for real food, not processed food, not something that has a food label that is a page long with words you can't even pronounce because the chemicals, they've gotten outrageous in my opinion. You know, when you look at a package, it should have like two or three ingredients. It should be as close to the source of the food as possible. And when you see that food label getting really long with words that you cannot pronounce, it's usually just full of chemicals. And that's not going to benefit your body as well. All right, there's my rant. There's my rant for the day. But I actually was, I was really bummed when I saw this consumer report come out because here I thought, okay, the first time, Shame on you, that right? Isn't that how the saying goes? First time, shame on you. These companies maybe weren't testing for it, they didn't know, but Consumer Reports tested and said, hey, companies, you need to fix this. Second time, shame on me. Well, not me, because I, I learned my lesson the first time. But you know, first time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. These companies, they were supposed to fix it. Some of them did not. Tons more companies came out. I mean, there's so many more since the 2010 Consumer Report issue, and they all have this problem too. So if they can't clean it up, if a plant-based protein powder can't make it because of the soil without contaminants, then end of story, stop selling it. End of it, right there. But the other thing you can do is stop buying it. You do not need these supplements. All right. 
That was my second rant. Okay, we're done. I hope you have a fantastic week full of real protein from real food. And maybe you need to throw out a few supplements in your cabinets. That would be fine. But overall, I hope you have a wonderful, fantastic, and super healthy week. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.